You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 25, holy moly, of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewart, and as always, I have the incredible Jeff Gargas Ooh, with me. Ooh, I upgraded me. to incredible? That, You're incredible. It, I don't know if that's, I don't know if you have the power to make that decision, but I'll, you know, I'll take Jeff, it. I've been working with you for a while. I think you, you can qualify as incredible, at least just for this recording. Who knows, okay. but next recording. All right, we'll see what happens. Well, we really have a lot in store, although we always have a good time. This is going to be a great episode with an incredible educator. So before we get started with that, Jeff, now that I've complimented you, how is your day going? <laughs> well, now I'm doing great. I'm, I'm doing incredible, you might say. Um, I'm, I really am. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you and I, we say it all the time. We love this. This was uh, such an, a great decision to start this podcast and, and do it because we get to chat and goof around and have fun with awesome educators every week that we record these some many nights we're recording multiple episodes um and then we get to put them out there and share all this awesomeness with other people so i'm super excited to do that again tonight um really excited about tonight uh we have the amazing joy kerr with us um joy is a middle school teacher seventh grade ela um educator She's also an author and a speaker. You've probably read her book, Shift This. If you haven't, you need to pause this and go get it because it's a phenomenal book. And from that phenomenal book, she has an awesome chat that happens on Twitter. Um, it's hashtag Shift This every Tuesday night. Um, it's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7, 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, really, really great stuff. Super excited to have you on, Joy. Thanks for taking so much time to, to, to hang out with us tonight and chat and, and, and just you know, goof around with us for a little bit and share some of your, your expertise and your, your knowledge. So how are you feeling right now? Well, I just think it's so much more fun right now to be in here with you. I feel like we're in the same room and it's not the same as a Twitter chat, you know, it feels very much more personal and I love it. So Joy, I know that Jeff gave you like a pretty great introduction, (laughs) but when somebody comes up to you, you've done so much in your life so far. When someone comes up and asks you what you do, what what is your answer? I, I'm first, I'm a wife. And then, <laughs> and then I feel like I'm a mama to about 80 something seventh graders. You know, I've got 80 minutes in each class where I can really get into some reading and writing. And I'm, yeah, I just love what I do because I get to mix it up. I have supportive administration. I get to try different things. And if it doesn't go well, we reflect and try again. Love it. I love it. I love the reflect and try again reflect and try it again. uh try again that's that's pretty much my life every day um is i just go for it and if it doesn't work i'll reflect on what didn't work and we'll try it again right ray right uh so we do constantly so so in that life and the, the reflecting and trying again and working with this and writing a book and leading the chat and speaking and and sharing everything with their there's a lot of experience that you've had and you know one of the things that i always say is that i'm very fortunate enough to have failed a lot and and mm. in my experiences of of having those failures and those learning moments i've grown so much from it i may not it may not love it at the time it happens i may not recognize the lesson but but as i look back at all those times that i've that i've felt were failures i've learned from all of them so can you take us to a time that you failed and kind of share us with us what happened, how did it make you feel? How did you overcome that? And then what did you take away from that? 
I've failed very many times. <laughs> this is my 24th year teaching and I've been a hearing itinerant teacher. I've been a reading specialist and now I'm in the classroom and it's numerous times. So when I hear that question, I think, okay, they want something big. So, <laughs> so the last time, last time I failed pretty big was when I presented at a school and I didn't know my audience. You know, I was asked to come and visit and the superintendent told me what he wanted the message to be and I knew I could deliver it and I was all hyped up and I got there and I was ready to go. And I think they laughed at my first little joke, but then the claws came out. They were just not mm -hmm. ready to hear what I had to say. <laughs> and so I've learned to find out about my audience first, you know, find out who you are speaking to. And that matters in the classroom and with your peers as well, right? And then... I've also learned to ask what type of professional development they've had in the past and how has that gone and what have their responses been and where do they struggle and what do they want? And it does take you back to the classroom because it's the same darn thing. You know, mm -hmm. what have they had in the past? Where have they struggled and what do they want? So yeah, it was a huge learning curve for me. And on the drive home, I didn't cry. And I was like so surprised. And I feel like you know, I cry a lot. I cry when I'm happy, when I'm sad. I'm a big crier. And I didn't cry at all. And my husband and I were, were just reflecting and I started writing down notes. I'm like, okay, this is just a learning opportunity. This isn't going to hit me in the gut. This is just going to help me grow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty so nasty. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And I love when you talk about it, bringing it back to the classroom and it is, it's the same thing. It's, you have to meet them where they're at. You got to understand where they've been. So you know where you're going to take them and how you, how you guide them that way. So, right. Or the claws will that. come out. I love that. I'm really happy that you didn't cry. That's good. Oh my goodness. Good I was thing. amazed. We were both yeah. amazed. Like, oh, you're not crying yet. I'm like, no, I think I'm just going to learn from this. You know, I'll never see these people again. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I think, well, I think not crying sounds like a success, but I'm going to make yeah. you find another one here. So let's flip it around. Let's talk about a success that you've had. This can be something, this doesn't have to be big. It can be big, small, anywhere in the middle, but tell us what happened and why it was a success for you. And then what'd you take away from that? Okay. Well, I'll stick with the failure theme first for a second. There was a parent who was really upset with me since it was like since the first week of school, because we sent home the state test scores and she's like, what are you going to do to help my daughter? And I'm like, I, I just started, you know, I don't know your daughter yet. And so she was on my case all year long. And then in January, my birthday comes around and she wants to meet with me and the principal. Okay. I don't know what it is now. And, um, she had said to me, in front of the principal, that genius hour is crazy. All the parents think so, and you should do more PR. So mm -hmm. it felt like a punch in the gut again. My, my principal said, you can go now, and he let me go. And I went home, and I cried. <laughs> and I talked to my husband, and he's like, well, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, yeah, what am I going to do about it? So that's when the genius hour live binder came to be. And I really put all of my reasons why in that live binder first, you know, like, okay, why am I doing this? And it helped me reflect and figure out, yes, I really still do want to do this, even though, quote unquote, all the parents think it's crazy, I'm going to do it anyway. And so that came about, then all the teachers were looking at it and they're like, oh, what is Genius Hour? So I had to add that tab and then, oh, how can you do it in this grade? So I had to add mm -hmm. that tab and it has just grown into letting everybody know what it is and why we're doing it. And that mom I thanked her when I had her next daughter years later and I said, thank you. And she goes, for what? And I said, you know, she didn't talk to me very much. <laughs> and I said, because now I really communicate with the parents and every two weeks I communicate with the parents now. Everything is on our class website and mm. anything they want to know, it's there and I'm very transparent. Whereas before that, 
I just did what I had to do in the classroom and that was it. Like why involve the parents at all? But now I know the importance of involving those parents. And so every two mm -hmm. weeks, my parents know what the heck is going on in our class and why. So yeah, that was a huge success. And I've used that again and again too. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. We are going to get right back into the episode, but I wanted to see if you could do me a real quick favor. If you're enjoying our podcast and you've been listening to Teach Better Talk for a little while now, we'd really appreciate it if you helped us out. Do a real quick thing for us. Take a screenshot of whatever you're watching on, whether it's on your computer via iTunes or on our website or on your phone via your favorite podcast app. Snap a quick screenshot of that. Share that out to uh, your followers or your friends and family on any social media platform that you might be on, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, and do me a favor, hashtag TeachBetter and then uh, tag us at TeachBetterTeam. We'd really love for you to share this with someone that you think can get value out of this as well. Let's get back to the episode. Gosh, Joy, I have so many follow-up questions from just that story. I want to ask you about strategies to deal with challenging parents in meetings. I want to ask you how you communicate with parents, and I want to ask you to describe further about Genius Hour. So will you maybe start with Genius Hour, and then we sure. can go to the other two? That's the easy one, right? Yeah, right. So will you tell us more? What is Genius Hour for those people that don't know? Because it's incredible and so important to have oh, in schools. It's student voice and choice is really what it is. And it, it can be called many different names, but it's providing time in your class for students to learn or create or do what they want to do. And then for my class, they share out. When they think they're done, they share. And then we reflect on how it went and if they should continue doing that same thing or go to something else. So it can be called many different names. You know, I heard it as Genius Hour first, and that's actually when I first got on Twitter. I was like, what is this thing? What is this hashtag? What does that mean? And, and it was great because I thought, this is it. I want my students to want to come to school. I want them to like learning. I want to help them research. I want to help them share with each other. And it works perfectly for ELA. And I also think it works perfectly for science. And then there are some people that think it thinks it works perfectly for math and social studies, and and it goes from K to twelve. And it's just providing time in your class for students to learn what they want to learn, do what they want to do, and create or share. Do you have students that are currently working on a Genius Hour project that maybe you could share with us, or something from last year, maybe? Now you're now you're killing my mojo here because oh. <laughs> I know this is bad. So this is my third year at seventh grade with a new teacher next door, and she doesn't know the curriculum yet. So this is our third year. I I told her this is the golden year now. Now we have to do Genius Hour again because I mm -hmm. haven't done it in two years. Mm. And she told me, please don't do that to me, Joy. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So this year, I think we may, now if she, she might listen to this, she might not, but I think <laughs> we may start it in January or third quarter. It may wait till fourth, but I got, I've got to dip her toes in it. I've got to um, help her see the value of it. And it's going to be tough because we've got some tough kids this year, you know, that will supposedly waste their time, which you're going to have, you know, you have those kids with anything. It's not a, not a magic elixir, but I feel like we have to do it. So we'll see. But the good thing about having Genius Hour those years ago is that it has leaked into everything else I do. And that's why I wrote Shift This because it's like everything I've done since Genius Hour has really could just be little tweaks in what you're doing. So now we have a ton of voice and choice in what we read and what we write and how we show what we're learning. And I think that that's pretty darn important too. It's not just one day a week, but it's throughout the entire week. Well, and I love your vulnerability to admit that sometimes we do things and we love them, but we have to step back from them for a period of time. But our goal is always to go back to those 
goals that we know are best mm-hmm. for kids. I mean, I think that yeah. that actually, I didn't mean to kill your mojo. I actually <laughs> love that you were able to share that circumstances caused you to maybe take a step back from it, but that you're eager to get back to it. Cause that yeah. not only shows, you know, it humanizes your perfection that we all have, you know, joy cur in our minds, but also <laughs> the, the fact that it's okay to be flexible when you have new people that you're collaborating with. So that's all right. Yeah. I get that. All right. Good. Cause it is about the people, right? And if, and if the teacher doesn't buy into it, the kids won't. Well, and I have to tell you, Joy, the way that I do Genius Hour, and actually Tiffany Ott, who is one of the teachers I collaborate with constantly, we use the grid method mastery framework to build our Genius Hour to like help the students scaffold their exploration. It's so fun. So when you get back into it, we'll have to share kind of what we've been able to do with it and then tag team and make both of the projects even better. (laughs) Good, good. I've seen some of Jeff's stuff on that. That's good stuff. So I know that we're kind of off topic, Jeff, but I'm sorry, but I would love no, to hear. No, I love it. Keep it going. Let's go. Yeah, I would love to hear your, <laughs> your original story talked about parent communication. And as a new teacher early in my career, that was something that I, it wasn't something I struggled with in terms of trying to communicate with parents. I knew the value of that, but I didn't necessarily know how. And then when I was approached by a parent, I really kind of like locked up. I got really stiff and nervous. So Mm -hmm. do you have any tips of either how our teachers can better communicate with our parents more than just writing a newsletter every other week or every week or every month, but how can they authentically communicate with parents consistently and give a lot of value there? Um, But then also what are some strategies to when a parent, you know, comes to you with maybe a concern, how to best handle those? I was going to say, when you said, do you have any tips? I was just going to say, no. No, <laughs> but then I thought of one as you kept going, and one of them I do now is Good Notes Home. So at the beginning of the year, I make sure I hit every single kid, and I send a Good Note mm. Home. Some people call home, but I'm not good on the phone, and I feel like I can't hear on the phone. So I I send emails home. Um, we do have these postcards too with our school on them, and sometimes I send those home to the students themselves. And so making your first connection a positive connection. I think is really important because every time, you know, my parents would hear from the school, it would be for something bad, correct? Right. So I just want it to be a positive moment. And I wish the parents would do that back at us, you know, because I feel like every time I hear from a parent, it's about a concern or something negative. Yeah. And so I wish that they would like get on board because I do, I worry about parent emails. I worry about parents going to my principal because I'm doing things differently in the classroom than the rest of my teammates. And you know, if I'm the only one doing it, you know, why are you doing this? And if it's so good, why isn't everybody else doing it? So that is one of, I mean, I got a migraine this past week worrying about parent-teacher conferences. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened in parent-teacher conferences. They all went beautifully, you know, but I got a migraine just worrying about it, just wondering about it. And it's stupid to stress yourself out over it because everybody's in it for the students, you know, for the children. And so maybe another positive thing to do to get no parents to not be upset with you is to every time you do talk to them, talk about so-and-so's needs, you know, what are Johnny's needs right now? And this is how I'm trying to get him there. And maybe mm-hmm. even be positive about that. Maybe it's not even a good email home, but it's, you know, here's what we're working on and here's how your child has responded. I'm looking forward to the rest of the year or something like that. Um, I did have a parent last year who was really upset once we put a grade in the grade book, um, he got really upset with me. And, you know, that that grade is not for my child. My child deserves a better grade. And I was like, whoa, hey, where's all this coming from? But you've got some people that 
are just not happy people right now either. And so mm-hmm. they're finding something that they can control. And I guess we just have to remember that. It is, it's one of the hardest parts though, because I feel like I'm getting it together in the classroom finally after all these years and every year is a new journey, but I feel like I'm making connections with the students and then the parents come into play. <laughs> and I know <laughs> they have to, and I know they're, if without the parents, I wouldn't have the students, but it's just hard to see yourself as a professional that has been doing this for a while and you feel like you know what you're doing when the parents say, hey, this is what I need for my child. And even though you're both on the same page, it can be hard to have that discussion. Well, and you're totally speaking my language, Joy. I had the same concern where I was trying to find a way to not only send positive notes home consistently to my parents so they could see all the learning going on in our classroom, how much their student is growing, but really wanting, like you were saying, the parents to send those Mm -hmm. back. So I won't lie to you. I just assigned my students work on this. (laughs) (laughs) This is so ironic that we're talking about this, (laughs) but my students use an app uh, or it's not an app. It's a website, seesaw.com and Uh seesaw is a great, I mean, I don't need to pitch it, but essentially it's a great place for students to make like portfolios. Like, um, you know, whatever. So we use it actually for daily reflection and goal setting. Every single day, our students reflect on their daily practice and then set a goal for their next time they work on, I teach math. So every time they work on math and it is really great. It gives our students um, the ability to reflect and goal set, but more importantly, you know, not to say that in a bad way, but it gives our parents kind of a portal into our classroom for a few minutes on what they, what their student accomplished, how they felt about it and then their goals for the future. So what I did actually is I gave myself homework. I recorded a video celebrating the student and celebrating the parent um, the other, like last week. So it was kind of like a positive postcard home. And the homework of the student was to show their parents, but their parents actually have app, um, have access to it on their own as well. But I want to make sure they saw it. And then I gave the student homework. Their parent and um, student had to record one back to me. So it was kind right. of like this. Mm. You know, similar to Flipgrid, where you're talking back and forth, but it was really like something that was authentic and documented in an in a use that we're already in a tool that we're already using. It's right. so funny that you bring that up because it really great. is fitting for the culture, you know? Yeah, and like, what are they excited about? And it would be great for you to hear that too, even if it's not you or what's going on in the classroom. What are they excited about for the school year? So obviously, tech is exciting to me and the ability that we have to kind of solve these problems of wanting to better communicate with parents is exciting. But um, away from all that, what's exciting you right now in what's going on in education and everything that you're doing in the classroom? I am so geeked that our elementary schools, we're just elementary and middle schools. We have two middle schools and like seven elementary schools. All of our elementary schools went to standards-based grading this year. And I'm like so excited. And I'm on the committee for standards-based grading for the middle school. I'm like, ah! And they keep saying, it might take two years. But I'm like, no, we have to do it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Because then I don't have to do all this crud I'm doing with no grades and without, you know, I can just be on board with everybody else and I can help other people do it and I can do it so good. I'm just so excited. So that's where I am totally geeked up. I was so excited last or two weeks ago, when I found out I was on the committee, I was like, okay, here we go. That is awesome. It was funny. Jeff and I were just live on the uh, Grid Method Facebook page Mm -hmm. talking about standard-based grading. So we love that you are transitioning to that. Yes, that's awesome. It's about time. We saw Rick Wormley in 2013. So I'm like, okay, it's been five years, people. Let's go. But I know it takes a while to get things moving. That's good, though. That's an awesome move for your school. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. 
So, Joy, I'm going to kind of shift our conversation just a little bit. I want to know if you had a piece of advice for new teachers, but also teachers that have been in the career for a little while. Maybe they're, this is a new spot in a new school or something along those lines. What type of advice do they need these days to really make sure that they're staying progressive and really reaching all their students? Whew. Make connections with the students and then tie what you know about them into your curriculum, however you can, you know? And then once you're in the curriculum, don't grade everything. Like do things for learning's sake. You know, you don't have to turn everything in or, you know, you don't have to hit, be hit with that question. Will this count for a grade or how much is this? Because when the kids are asking that, they're asking how much effort am I going to put into mm-hmm. it, you know? So do a lot of things without a grade attached and use their hobbies, their interests, their, their successes into the curriculum. That's that's so such awesome advice. I love that. Um, it's so important that we don't grade everything, that we let them know that learning's okay to learn. You don't just have to do it for a grade, you do it for growth and for your yeah. own development. And and I love that you that you your advice was to build those connections and then use those connections to connect the content and make it more interesting for them, exciting for them so they can see that connection to yeah. the things that they love and want to do, and that's awesome. That's and then really, the really content cool. will stick. Yes. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be more (laughs) meaningful for them. There's going to be purpose thing. You know, Ray always talks about like purpose driven content and purpose driven uh, activities in your classroom like that. Having that purpose and that connection is makes it so much more powerful. Love that. Great advice. So, so, so before we get to my little gauntlet, six questions here, Uh I want to touch really quick because, because your book, uh, shift this is, is a fantastic book and it definitely should be on every educator's must read list. But some people maybe not have heard of it yet. So can you give us sort of the, I'm the author and this is what the book's about, uh, intro into the book? Well, I'll tell you why I wrote it because that might help. So sure. this, this woman wanted me to write a book about Genius Hour and I said no because it's already been done and I'm not an expert. I'm just an evangelist. So I said no, you know, I know these people who have written them and they're great and I'm good. You know, and she said, well, then what would you write about? And I said what Genius Hour has done for me. And so I mm. thought about what Genius Hour has done for me. You know, we didn't have assigned homework after that. We had choice homework. We didn't have, we didn't grade Genius Hour. So there's a chapter on grading, there's a chapter on homework. There's a chapter on classroom discussions because they all changed once we started Genius Hour. There's classroom environment because that changes. Um, the use of Twitter and social media and how it helps teachers grow. There's one on that because that's where I started learning about Genius Hour. And of course, there's a chapter on personalized learning for you know Genius Hour type things. But um, it really is just little things that you can do to challenge your students and challenge yourself a little bit and give more control over to the students over time. Some people don't want to jump right in to Genius Hour, don't don't want to jump right into some huge project where their students are all working on all these different things. So, hey, why don't you take this step first and then try this step and try this step. And it's just suggestions, you know, it's not saying all teachers need to do this, but it's the reasons why I did it and how it's changed my classroom as well. I love it. I think that the, a huge message there is that it doesn't have to be a massive change. You don't have no. to make this crazy shift, just little shifts that you can make to 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 improve every day and to continually grow. And, you know, we try and push that, you know, whether we're training on the teach further model or the grid method or stands-based grading or who knows whatever else that we might be in a school working with teachers on. It's about, look, if you're not ready for this massive shift, that's okay. Let's take the baby steps. Let's make the things that we can 
make those shifts that we can make to do it. So I love that that's like the message behind the book. That's really great. So Good. I'm glad awesome. you liked it. Yeah. I appreciate that little look into it. I love how you how you phrased that. That's much better than I could have. So that's good. <laughs> so all right. So now let's 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 uh let's shift here. We're gonna go a little bit quicker. I'm gonna throw six questions at you, and okay. your goal is to answer each in 15 seconds or less. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> what is what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Sad to say, but Google Docs. <laughs> Simple That's as it is. Solid. It helps my students, coworkers, and I write, share, and collaborate. It makes publishing possible. I love it. What is uh, one book that you're reading right now? Oh, my goodness. You want one? Because I have Just three one. Here. Just pick oh, one. No. Oh, no. All right. Give us all three. Okay, give us all, all right. three, Joy. For the committee, developing standards-based report cards. For uh-huh. myself, harnessing technology for deeper learning. And then for the kids, Prisoner B3087. Love it. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Rick Wormelli. Love it. What is the best YouTube channel or blog uh, resource site for educators? I do like, I'm glad you said blog because I don't really know any YouTubers right now. But um, blog would be the Teachers Going Gradeless. Mm, love it. Yeah. What is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into? Okay, I got two. Don't check work email after four. And don't mm. do any work on Friday nights. Oh, I love it. Good advice. <laughs> and what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Okay, it's a quote from Charles Swindoll. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Oh, I love Bam. it. Bam. Beautiful. And I think she nailed it, Ray. I don't I know. Think I she's... think it was pretty good, but she did get thrown off with that book one. She, right, well, yeah, that's I a tough one. That, what are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> I can't I just read that one quote. Yeah, it's a good one. It's yeah, good it's to live by quote. it. Yeah, I love it. Good stuff. Joy, it has been so fun to talk to you. You're so personable. We love, I mean, all your stories were so relatable. I just feel like I got so much out of just getting to hear from you recording this podcast. So I want to make sure that people have a way to get in contact with you to really keep this conversation going, whether it be your social media accounts or a website or your books. Would you mind just sharing everything in any way for somebody to get in contact with you? Sure. There's Twitter, which is my biggie. That's at Joy Kerr, K-I-R-R. There's Instagram, at Joy Kerr 1, but I do that for the students. I'm trying to be a good role model. There's the website, um, shiftthis.weebly.com. There's my blog, is geniushour.blogspot.com. Um, my book, Shift This, that's on the Weebly. And then my class website, I think that's a good one for people to look at and start building their own, is scholarsrm239, because we're in room 239.weebly.com. Hopefully Love they it. don't move my room. <laughs> <laughs> we'll update the links if you do. Um, and, and you know, as always, you can find all the links and resources, everything we talked about with uh, Joy today over at teachbetter.com as well as all those links that she just laid out so that you can connect with her. We'll make sure we have all that over there for you. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. Joy, it has been just a blast chatting with you um, and, and getting getting to dive inside your head a little bit. And I really appreciate just your transparency and how real you are and how and sharing with us and truly, truly appreciate that. So thanks for thanks for hanging out with us today. Of course. And kudos to you guys for keeping this podcast going. It's hard to do. So good job there. Well, thank you on that. And everyone listening, until next time, let's get out there. Let's teach better. 